Hey, it's Neville here, and today I'm reading the stupid email for Friday, June 11th, 2021. And stupid, of course, stands for swipe, thought, uplifting, picture, interesting, and drawing. So let's get started with the swipe. And this swipe is something I featured before, not the same ad, but different series. Um, it's for Campbell's Soup. Now, I just really love Campbell's Soup's old school print ads. I always thought they were simple, elegant, informative, and they just made you want to eat or drink the soup. Like every time I look at one of these, I'm like, do I have any of that stuff in my cabinet? I should probably get some of that. And so there's one here that says two stocks are better than one. It has some text that's really clever, but then also the main thing is the headline and images are really good. And just remember, food and drinks are about are like a sensory thing. So if you get someone to see a really mouthwatering image of your food, it kind of makes them just want the food. And so that's what Campbell's is really, really good at. There's another one I'm showing below, and it just says 50% more chicken in Campbell's chicken soup. That's it. And then it shows a really pretty picture of the soup. So brilliant marketing by Campbell's. Um, here's a thought. Even the US government has a copywriting division. Did you know that? They call it the plain language movement. And so they got so filled with jargon and buzzwords in all their documentation that it started causing huge confusion between departments, states, and it caused deadly accidents. So in 1994, they formed the plain language movement, which was a website and department that had plain language standards and practices, AKA just good copywriting. And so the way they say it, it laid out ways of clearing, clearly showing information without a bunch of gobbledygook. That's literally what it said. So for example, they show using plain language to avoid word clutter. And they have all these great before and after uh, examples on their website. For example, there's one, uh, when the process of freeing a vehicle has been stuck results in ruts or holes, the operator will fill the rut or hole created by such activity before removing the vehicle from the immediate area. Did you understand what that means? Um, it's very difficult to follow what is being said there. So they showed that as the before example and the after example says, if you make a hole while freeing a stuck vehicle, you must fill the hole before you drive away. Simple. There's there's not a lot of uh, big words. It's very simple. It's all one sentence. Just so much easier. And uh, they go through a bunch of examples of different things. Like for example, um, I thought this one was kind of interesting. How to use less water. So see if you could uh, decipher what this agency is saying. Uh, this program promotes efficient water use in homes and businesses throughout the country by offering a simple way to make purchasing decisions that conserve water without sacrificing quality or product performance. Um, I literally do not understand what this document is saying. This is an official document from an agency. Instead, it just says this program helps homeowners and businesses buy products that use less water. Cool. Like that, that's it. So it's it's not much harder to write plain language or plain English. In fact, I think it's actually easier. That's why it's kind of funny. Sometimes my job seems like I'm making things just easier for people, not more hard. And so it, it, it seems great. Um, here's a common list of tools the US government recommends to make things plain language. And these are things I tell people all the time. Uh, headings, just clearly explain something in one heading. Bullet list, one of my favorite. Uh, you can take a large amount of text and make it really easy to read with bullet points. Illustrations. Some things are just easier to show in an image rather than describing them in text. So if you can, just show the image. And then Q&A formats. So this is really cool. Make an easy Q FAQ section. So instead of long, drawn-out things uh, with big paragraphs of text, just say, am I supposed to do this afterwards, blah, blah, blah. And it's just an answer things. It's so much easier. Here is something uplifting. Um, you can save so much 
time with PDFs by using a Google Doc instead. So I know I have gone through many, many, many frustrations with like trying to sign PDFs and stuff. And I, I use like DocuSign and stuff now, but sometimes people want me to fill out a PDF or write something on it. And I'm like, oh, geez, I could use like Adobe Acrobat, it takes forever to load. I don't know how to use it, it's complex. But instead, you can make a great looking PDF out of a Google Doc without using Acrobat at all. All you do is you make a Google Doc, type some stuff in it, and then step two, you do file, download as a PDF, and that's it. Um, you can make a PDF and they look great. Um, I use it all the time to make PDFs. I use them for lead magnets all the time. I use it for sending official documents. And I also use it for easily creating invoices. Like some people want more detailed invoices. Some, sometimes someone's from like Turkey or something and they need a detailed invoice with like a tax code or something weird on it, right? So, hey, can you send me a separate invoice? And I'm like, Jesus, okay, I gotta like, what do I have to do here? Like, how do I do this? And so I'll just load it up in a Google doc um, and send it off as a PDF, so easy. Uh, here's a picture you probably can't see if you're not looking at this, but I made on a Friday, um, a cigar box uh, with some scrap wood and an old handsaw. Uh, someone gave me some really nice cigars and I had no place to store them. So I went to the garage. I fortunately had some scrap cedar lying around and I didn't have a circular saw. So I just used a regular old handsaw and it was a real pain in the ass to cut. But I did it and I sanded it down and then I used some super glue and silicone sealant to hold the thing together. And in retrospect, I probably will not use silicone to use, uh, you know, for a cigar box because it kind of like infuses the the wood smell of the box or something in the cigars. And you kind of don't want silicone sealant in your cigars. So probably a bad move on my part. But anyways, the finished product was really cool and it was really fun. And uh, I don't know, I always find like just doing like stupid projects like that that have no... Uh, usefulness really like i mean i got a cigar box now which is kind of neat but i honestly could have bought a much better one for like five bucks it's just a box it's not even a humidor so i don't know there's something fun about it um i have a chalkboard a chalkboard wall in my uh, garage in fact i painted the entire thing as a chalkboard and i'll sit there and draw sometimes and i'm like is this really helping in any way but it's fun it's a good activity friends come over and do it it's just fun i don't know the life purpose of life kind of is fun so it's fun Anyways, here's something interesting. The Facebook ads library is a gold mine for finding Facebook and Instagram ads of competitors or companies you like. So you can find active and inactive ads run all across Facebook and Instagram. You can do stuff like you could find political ads and trace their source, which is kind of cool. Um, you could find specific company ads. So you can just see a lot of information on each ad. You see the, the start date, the company, the ad copy, the image, uh, the ad versions, and the ad details. So I love that you can see like their different A-B tests. That's really cool. So let's say I wanna spy on the hustle and see what they're doing with ads. So you just go to the Facebook ads library, just Google it, and uh, you search for the hustle and you'll find their page and all their related ads. So I'm pulling up a bunch of ads here and on this page I'm seeing like eight different ads of different styles and when they launch them. And the cool thing is the longer an ad has been around and it's still active, the better it performs. Not, it's not a rule. I'm just saying that normally people stop paying for bad performing ads. So if someone launched an ad two years ago and they still have it active, that might mean that ad, that ad is performing very, very well. Um, so sometimes I do this and let's say I want to research like copywriting to see what other people are offering. I just search the term copywriting and all matching ads come up. Now, what's really cool is not just seeing other people's ads, like that's neat and you maybe you can like get some inspiration for an ad or something like that. But what you can also do 
is see what services and products are being promoted and paid for. So if someone's paying for a bunch of ads for a specific type of product or a specific type of per, uh, service or at a specific price, you can probably assume that it's doing really well if they keep running those ads and then maybe you can just, I don't know, learn from them. It's kind of neat. So uh, here is a drawing. This is the last part of this. And uh, it's an easy method I love for figuring out which area of life to focus on. Uh, and I remember do, discovering this when I was like something like 25 years old, and it's basically health, wealth, love. You can kind of compartmentalize almost every aspect of life into these three things, health, wealth, love. And what you do is you rate each one of those from one to five or one to 10. I don't care, but I always do one to five. It's just easier. So rank from one to five, your health, you know, are you big and fat right now? Maybe you're a one or a two or a five means like you are in great shape and you're just really happy where you are and you don't really need to improve anything at this point. Um, wealth, once again, rank it from one to five. One being like you are dirt poor and don't know where you're gonna pay your rent. And number five is you got enough money, you're done, you're not thinking about it anymore. And then love, and this means like uh, your uh, intimate relationships with your partner or it means your family relationships. So, so it's all in one. So one means you don't talk to your family, you hate them, you're having a big disagreement, uh, your wife divorced you and left you and your husband is a mean guy. I don't know, that's a one, okay? And then a number five would mean everything's great in your love life. So basically rank health, wealth, love on scale of one to five and do each one, you could probably even do it in your head. And the thing to focus on is the lowest one. So let's say your health is a two out of five and everything else is like a three or a five. It's, it's up there. So if your health is low, then I think that's the thing that you can start focusing on in your life and creating steps to make it better. And here's the interesting thing about this exercise. What you'll notice is that when you improve one area, usually the others follow. And I will say there is something to say about health. It's a funny thing when I, because I've seen so many people do this because I've written about it over the years and people have been like, oh, I focused on this and it helped, da, da, da. The thing that really helps is health. So when you start to improve your health, like your wealth tends to get a little bit better and your love tends to get a little bit better. And I think it's because when you feel good about yourself, you're more loving to the world. Like you start projecting what's internal. So if you feel good about yourself and happy where you are and you have a lot of energy, you'll likely put out that kind of energy and people will like you more, which means your love will go higher, which also means potentially your wealth will go higher because you have more energy and people like you. So I don't know. I thought this was a really cool thing. Health, wealth, love, rate it one to five and uh, see what's your lowest. And feel free to reply to this email with what your lowest thing is and that what you're gonna focus on. I'll be happy to read it. So hope you enjoy these little tidbits. Have a happy Friday. This is the stupid email, which is a swipe thought uplifting picture, interesting drawing. My name is Neville Medora. I will talk to you later.